0: We are here, man. Episode fifteen of season two. I'm not gonna hold you, man. Of course, I'm your host, Scott. You know to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Barbshare Scott. Follow HNB Media, HNB Media TV on Twitter and at HNB Media on Instagram. Also follow Barbers chair Network at Barbshare Net on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon.com backslash. Barbershare Network, man. Uh, we are here. Uh the long season uh road has finally gotten us to where we are right now, and that is the NBA Finals. Uh game one will kick off in about five hours in the Bay Area San Francisco at Chase Center between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. I am here to talk about this series once again. And I say once again because if you listen to my Bald Online podcast with me and the homie Dante, we went to full depth about this but we are here uh the content has to keep rolling so we are here to talk about this game this series and who exactly i feel will be hoisting the larry ob within 10 to 14 days so let's just set it up man let's set it up you know how you usually have like the little setup to everything like the movie build up the trailer or whatever um these are two teams, you know, who, you know, I don't I don't think was was the was the sexy pick coming into this season of uh, to be the uh the the you know in the NBA finals. I think a lot of people um had Nets and Lakers, you know, those are the two teams that everybody just thought was on a collision course uh to make the finals. Um I was not one of them uh at least on the Laker front. And to see uh where they are right now, uh, it's just, it's kind of crazy. Both of them took different roads uh, to get to the finals and we'll get into like both teams roads here in a minute. But to me, this is, this is going to be on paper. This should be an exciting final. This should be an entertaining final. It should make up for the bullshit. We just watched watch the last two weeks in both the East and the Western conference finals. I, uh, you know, I was looking at conference finals last night. I was watching game one of the Stanley cup Eastern conference finals between the Tampa Bay lightning and the New York Rangers, uh and i also watched the west conference finals the night before between the colorado avalanche and the uh, edmonton or oilers and i was like yo these two games have been way better <laughs> than the fucking you know bullshit we watched in the nba man and i was like okay the nba needs to step that shit up so i think this would be the perfect matchup uh you know for the nba at least adam silver's gotta be happy about this you got you know um two original teams two uh you know franchises with history and you got star power you got the warriors stephen curry uh you got you know the young up the young guns and jason tatum jalen brown and everything they're doing over there in boston so i think on paper this should be a fun thing man so that's my sound off to get you prepared uh, for this one. You know, one team is trying to win the franchise 18th. The other's trying to, you know, just even solidify, not solidify, but continue on to their dynasty, man. So let's get into, I've got top five storylines coming into this 2022 NBA finals. And I thought about yesterday. This is the first NBA finals we've had on schedule in three years, you know, because of the pandemic, 2020, the final started in like October. Uh, the Lakers won that championship like October fifteenth some shit like that. Uh, it was like a, I think it was like a two week, uh, you know, uh, break from the Lakers winning the championship, and then the uh, the Dodgers winning their World Series. So that you know, the two bubble championships. There was like a not that big of a gap between them. And then last year, the NBA final started July sixth, I think it was, and that went through mid July. So we're finally back on schedule uh with uh you know the june thing back here in the nba finals so here are my top five storylines head into this season i mean head into the series my number five storyline is jason tatum trying to be in the elite and what i mean by the elite i mean the top five nba players in in the league right now we had this conversation on bald Online, and i said that if tatum wins this championship then i think you got to take kevin durant up out that list um uh, just because of, you know, how Tatum has been so good at the four position, of course, making the first the All-NBA first team this year, uh, KD made the second. And, you know, some people could say, oh, well, you know, you could take LeBron out. Yeah, you could. But LeBron playing that well his age. I think you got to still keep him in the top five just off the strength of that. And, you know, Tatum also beat Kevin Durant in the first round. I just beat, but shut his ass the fuck down. So I feel like that's another reason why, you know, he will be in there if he wins. So this is really just, I don't want to say legacy, with Jason Tatum, because it's not, he's what, like 24 fucking years old. So even if he loses this, he's still, you know, this, this is not like, oh, what is he, you know, this is how we change by Jason Tatum. No, like he's on the usual superstar, you know, curve, you know, or, you know, road journey i guess you want to call it and i feel if he can win this one this will put him in that top five and you will put him in there with steph and, and to beat somebody in the top five which is steph curry and to run through all the tests you know all the uh top five guys you know if you look at this run for them you know we named uh this week's bottom lap so revenge season because the celtics beat the last three that all three all three teams they beat with three teams who eliminated them in the last three years and if they beat the warriors this will be the third uh top five guy they beat, you know, he, that he's beating, you know, Kevin Durant in the first round, you know, best player in the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the second round, and now you know Steph Curry, and that's you know also a guy who's top ten and Jimmy Butler, so that would be a hell of a run. So I think if Tatum wins this, has a great series, by the way, he just can't win it. He has to have a great series, playing both sides of the, you know, the ball, and also wins Finals MVP. Then I think he'll be in that top five list. So that would be the first uh storyline seeing if Tatum can get into that top five elite the number four storyline to me is Dynasty versus Destiny this is the the tale of the tape I guess you want to call it you got on one end you got the Golden State Warriors who are making their sixth uh NBA Finals appearance in eight years the only other team to do that uh in recent years or well, recent what I mean by recent is like 30 years will be the of course my Chicago Bulls and Michael Jeffrey Jordan and that unnamed uh small forward who played number 33 whose jersey should be taking out the rafters but that's not we're not going to get on scotty pippen again today but <laughs> uh that's what i have to say about them so you know they're going out there and i won't say that you know a lot of people is like well what does this do for the warriors legacy if anything i think a win would just not solidify it, but just add on to it you know they're a dynasty regardless to me you know when they won in 2018 that was their third championship in five years uh you know, third championship in four years, my, my bad. Third championship in four years with one of them being a repeat. That's dynasty to me. So if anything, this just adds on to it. And then they can start ranking themselves or how they compare to the other dynasties, how they compare to the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, how they compare to the Michael Jordan Bulls, how they compare to the Showtime Lakers or, you know, Russell's uh, Celtics in the 60s. So if anything, this would just, you know, kind of, you know, add more onto their resume when you're, you know, ranking them against the other dynasties. And uh, on the other end, to me, right now, you know, I hate using the word, using the phrase t- team of destiny, but Boston has that little team of destiny feel right now. This is a team that was like two games under 500 at the official halfway mark of the season. Uh, and, you know, we had player meetings, uh, you know, we had rumors of, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, need would be broken up. They, these guys aren't meshing well together. And they have already made the biggest turnaround in NBA history by not by not only just by not only just you know making the playoffs but making the nba finals they win this they can cap this off bring number 18 home for boston and get back tied with the los Angeles lakers because that's all that matters <laughs> for the celtics and the lakers too is one of each other on a championship if the lakers won two years ago it was fuck boston we're ahead of y'all now so now they're gonna win over here and kind of like you know tip the balance of power you know back to to being town so i think that's something that you gotta look out for too and to me and by the way i just want to say this too i know a lot of y'all uh well i won't say laker fans because i think that would be unfair to laker fans lebron stands out there who claim to be laker fans I know a lot of y'all hate steph curry and the warriors but if you rooting for the celtics that's just like some nasty shit. like i don't give a fuck what is going on. I'm rooting against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but prime example, that little golfing match they had last night, it was Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I was rooting for Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen just because I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers be successful in anything in fucking life. I want you give a fuck that he's teamed up with my favorite football player ever. I need you to lose. That's how deep my hate is for the Green Bay Packers, and that's how deep The hate is for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. Now, most real Laker fans that I've seen know this, and I shouldn't have to tell them this. But for a few of y'all who just just want y'all Steph Curry hate to go to the top, you rooting for the Celtics is nasty business, bro. It's just nasty. You shouldn't do that shit. But that's my fourth uh, storyline, Dynasty versus Destiny. We go to number three. The homegrown era of basketball is officially back. I am happy about this. Fuck super teams. I've been for all and and I know a lot of y'all going to say well you you like the Warriors you like the Kevin Durant going to the Warriors how you saying fuck super teams? I said it wouldn't happen. Kevin Durant going to the Warriors was a soft-ass move, just like LeBron James going to the Heat was a soft-ass move. I think these player put together uh, super teams are a soft-ass move. I've been saying this shit for 12 years. The only thing I liked about it with the Warriors and Kevin Durant was, okay, if if LeBron's going to do that, KD should be able to do that thing, same thing too, and I don't see the big difference between both of them. So that's what I was just saying. You can't get mad at LeBron and like, you can't uh, not get mad at LeBron if they want to get mad at KD. That's what I was trying to see, you know, how, you know, uneven it is with people's criticism. But for me, it's oh, I've never been a big fan of super teams. And to see these two teams right now who have been homegrown, the Warriors, I think there's 14 uh, actual draft picks between the two of actual homegrown draft picks between the two uh, in this NBA finals, which is incredible the you know, the Draymond, the Steph, the, the uh the Clay, um, you know, that whole little, you know, Looney, that homegrown, you know, Gary Payton, uh, Jordan Poole, all these guys were drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, of course, you got your big free agent signings that later came. Of course, you know, this. Andre Iguodala was the first big free agent signing. And he's part of their core too. And to see them have another run with it. And I compared the Warriors to the Spurs early in this season. is them trying to do what the Spurs did they're trying to have a second era when they when they got Ka- Kawhi. And I think the same thing is happening here with Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. And if they win a championship, they're going to do the same thing that the Spurs did. Uh, and so the same thing with Boston. This is, you know, I saw uh, like a stat the other day about how all those picks that the, the Celtics got from the uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett deal back in 2013 ended up being Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which I thought was pretty fucking interesting. And this is all homegrown. Marcus Smart drafted by the Celtics, and just see them go through all the, you know, the the holes, you know, ups and downs that teams should go through. This is not; they're not new in the Conference Finals. This is what their fifth trip to the Conference Finals I think has been since 2016. And they got through the hump. They beat the people that are supposed to be, and now they're here. And I think, not to say that super teams are dead, but I do think they're on life support. And look at the two super teams that are left right now, uh, in the Brooklyn Nets and the, and the Los Angeles Lakers. How are they doing? One didn't make the play-in. The other made the play and they got smacked in the first round. So I don't really think that that top-heavy model is going to be as effective anymore. I really think you need to build, build deep rosters, and the GM needs to do his fucking job. Which, which, and like I said before, I have no problem with player empowerment. Do your thing. Have you know you've earned that. I think players should be able to de- decide where they want to go. Because if you got hurt, or, uh, or a franchise got tired of you, an owner or a GM can just get rid of you and not act, act like you weren't even there. So I feel like the players have that same power. When it comes to actually putting these teams together, let the fucking GM do his job. And that's where the lines get blurred to me. So I'm. It's like it's nice to see two franchises. Do it the right way, in my personal opinion, uh, on how to build a championship-caliber team. So that's why I would say for that one. I think this is going to be the the, the model that's going to go forward for teams across the league. Number two, two original teams, the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, are two of the 11 original NBA teams, two-story franchises. Uh, The Golden State Warriors with a win uh, this year, we'll be able to pass the Chicago Bulls in all-time championships with seven. Of course, my homie, Pappy, who always argues about the significance of how uh, iconic the Bulls are, is going to love that fucking stat. But that win will give them a seventh NBA championship. Uh uh, you know, um, with that with that franchise, and if the Boston Celtics win, they'll be back. Like I said, they'll be tied with the Lakers for the most championships in NBA history with 18. Of course, we know their whole legacy. The you know Bill Russell and no and those teams won 11. Uh, Larry Legend uh, and the guys Mikhail, uh, DJ and um, Parrish, they won three championships. And of course, we can't forget about uh, the most hyped one championship ring uh, team ever of Kevin Garnett. Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, they want, they did that thing in two thousand eight by beating Kobe Bryant in the Los Angeles Lakers. So they want to put themselves in that lore. Uh of uh, Celtic teams and to me this is great for Lee because I feel like before the, the NBA is such a superstar driven league that sometimes I think we forget about the teams and the fan bases these are two franchises that have legitimate fan bases even before they had their superstars the Warriors always had a good fan base even before they got Steph Curry so these are legitimate fan bases popular fans popular franchise and I think this is going to be a very highly rated nba finals to see two of the top 11 uh two of the original 11 uh two of the original 11 franchises in the championship my bad for you know you know stumbling on my words it's been a long couple days for me so bear with me today folks this is what happens we do live shows uh but my number one uh storyline going to this is Stephen curry going for that final infinity stone he's going for the final infinity stone i think any heavy criticism about that man is stupid as it is i don't think this championship if he gets it changes his legacy that much um i think he's solidified i think this team is solidified no matter what happens i think once you've done so much as an individual you're solidified i feel like lebron james after he won in 2016 there was nothing else you could say about him He's solidified. He can lose five more fucking finals. It don't fucking matter. He's solidified in this place of being, at worst, a top three basketball player of all time. The same thing with Steph Curry. I don't think this loss, uh, you know, takes him out of top 10 all-time contention, but it will heighten it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if he wins this and he has a, a marquee NBA finals, which I still think is missing, like if you look at the five NBA finals that they've been through prior, I don't, you know, I won't say he's had any bad finals. I think that's been a... uh A take that's been pretty bad. I don't think Steph Curry's ever had a bad final. I don't think none of them have been like, you know, pop, you know, something that you remember. I can't really remember that many finals moments from Steph Curry, maybe the step back three on, uh, on Della Vadova game five of the 2015 finals, but he really hasn't had that many moments. So I feel like if he goes out there has moments and has that dominant, his first dominant, uh, NBA finals and goes out there and wins the NBA finals MVP, which by the way is the most overrated fucking award ever. Like, I really don't even know why they put so much fucking emphasis on it with any fucking player. That just means you're the best player for a fucking two weeks. So I don't really think that's that big of a fucking deal. But if he does that, then I don't think there's really anything, even to the biggest hater of all haters, that you can say about Stephen Curry on the fucking basketball court. So I feel like that would be the final thing in the chef's kiss. And I do think Steph knows. Steph knows. These players know what. And said about them in media was talked about on twitter they know this shit, and i think that's been in his head and i think he's gonna go out there and take care of business man so those are my top five uh storylines heading into this year's 2022 nba finals man so let's take a look at how both of these teams got here man the golden state warriors they took Uh, A different, you know, a different road here, man. This is a team that, like I said, they were so dominant, you know, making winning the NBA finals in 2015, making it to the NBA finals of 2016 and having probably the most not 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 probably the biggest choke job in NBA history. At least I wouldn't say it's the biggest choke job in sports history. That one belongs to the New York Yankees in the 2004 ALCS where they jagged a 3-0 lead uh but this is up there this is like top three all-time sports biggest uh jag um for the golden state warriors um so i think that you know they that happened and they won back to back with kd made it to the nba finals of 2019 even though they were like emotionally you know fucked up you know a lot of injuries kd towards achilles steph towards a I mean, steph but Clay towards ACL. They were doing like dealing with a whole lot of stuff. And then they hit the bottom in 2020 and 2021, uh, winning 15 games in 2020. Of course, a lot they had to do with Stephen Draymond's injuries, but 15 and clay. Uh 15 wins, you know, ending up with the with the number one or the number two draft pick in that year, which event which ended up being James Wiseman last year, still dealing with injuries, made it to the play-in tournament, lost to the Lakers, and then went, got sent home by Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. So now they're back. They're back in this place. And this is a team that I know a lot of people are gonna hear Phoenix this, Phoenix that, Phoenix this, Phoenix that. And I would say that as long as the Warriors stay healthy, which was a big question mark, that I feel like they will be in the NBA finals because this is a team they haven't lost, you know, a full strength and you know, you know, that much. Like this is Steph Curry has lost four, <laughs> four playoff series in his entire career. Steve Kerr has lost two playoff series entire coaching career in those two of those nba finals losses so they came back and a lot of, and I, I won't say they flew under the radar but i feel like a lot of people in the media and on twitter felt that this was the the phoenix suns year to lose i mean year to win it all you know with the way that they made the finals last year uh jagging the 2-0 lead over the over the suns and just how dominant they were all season they had their 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 They had their foot on cruise control really since Christmas and never let it off until Luka Doncic came through like Debo and took their block. But, you know, the Warriors, uh, got to the playoffs, dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, also of course, you know, Clay didn't get back till January, you know, Steph missed the last what 20 games with that leg injury. Draymond missed significant time. Uh, and they've been dealing with Wiseman didn't see a second on the court. Lily logged in zero minutes this year. So to come in here, First round, beat the MVP, uh, two-time MVP and Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, beating them in five, beating the up-and-coming Grizzly team in six-game series, and then taking care of Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And now they're back here, back where they belong, as uh, Draymond Green puts it himself. And that's the role that they took to get here. And I feel like now it, it just feels good, at least as a sports fan, for me. You know, I Steph Curry's my favorite player. I love watching the Warriors. They've just been fun to watch. Um, This is a team when they run started, I wasn't, I I was, I'm always a Steph Curry fan, but I just was not, I was with, I was on the Charles Barkley train of a jump shooting team ain't winning no damn championship. Um, I was one of those idiots who thought that the fucking Memphis Grizzlies was going to beat them in 2015. And, but they just been a joy to watch. And, and, you know, one thing about sports is great teams like this don't happen a lot. Uh, you know, I think probably over the last 20 years, you know, you've got this team, uh, you've got teams, you know, in hockey like, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks, now the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, you know, football, obviously the fucking New England Patriots, um, you know, the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, the Spurs. There's a lot of great teams that, you know, um, have been around and had that, you know, kind of. You know dominance, and I think that's something that you got to appreciate if you're a sports fan. Even if you don't like the Warriors, you got to respect it. I don't like LeBron; I've never been a LeBron fan. How, but I've definitely respected it. You got to put respect on ten NBA finals, eight of them shits been in a row. I mean, that's some shit that I believe we're never gonna fucking see again. So you got to appreciate the greatness that is the Warriors, and to see them back here, you know, where a lot of teams don't come back. You know, after you know the the wear and tear the, and they lost a fucking superstar, they lost a fucking megastar in Kevin Durant. Ain't like they lost some random ass play they lost kevin fucking durant so for them to bounce back this quick and to see the core uh you know still you know running the show and, Steph and Clay clan draymond i think it's been a sight to see man so that was their road to get here now boston also took the long these are two teams i feel like took the long road like i was saying boston they have built this thing from the ground up um, Danny Ainge, a lot of people have made fun of Danny Ainge. I've been one of those people. He got all them picks. What are you going to do with them picks? I mean, he's looking like a fucking genius right now. The way this is all played out, them getting Jason Tatum, I mean, getting a Jalen Brown in 2016, them getting Jason Tatum, uh, in 2017 and just to build this roster and Marcus Smart when they drafted him, I forgot what year it was. you know, I, I don't remember the year I don't have it in front of me. But Mark Smart has been there since day one. I'm to be an integral part of this, of this, uh, roster. And, Brad Stevens. We got to give a lot of love to Brad Stevens because last year, after a couple years, Brad Stevens was like, I'm not the guy for the job. I'm going to sit in the, in, the, in the owner's box, play the GM role, and I'm going to put this thing together from that perspective, and I'm going to get a better guy in here. You know, it takes a lot as a coach to be able to step down and say, I'm not the guy for the job, but I know somebody who can be, and to bring in Ime Udoka. And first year head coach, and let's be very clear about Udoka. No matter what happens in this series, my man Udoka is a winner. He gets to go home to Nia Long every night. Nia fucking Long. I've been in love with Nia Long since I was like five years old. I'm not when winning Friday. I'm ninety-five since I was seven years old. Since seven years old. So, uh, that motherfucker wins regardless of what happens in the series. But he's been great at his job, you know. And I gotta give the NBA some credit, man. We're over here talking about you know the 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 discrepancy of black coaches in sports. The NBA is now half black coaches now. You got to give a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of respect to these teams and these these franchises for giving legitimate shots to these black coaches and something that baseball needs to take note of. The NFL damn sure needs to take note of. So you got to give uh, love to him. And Udoka's been out here and, you know, had a very rough patch, not only just to bounce back to get this team, not only, you know, from the they were 11 seed into the playoffs, but to get them to the NBA Finals in your first year. And it's a team that They've gone through the playoff wars. Like I said, they've been through four or five Eastern Conference Finals, losing tough series. Uh, You know, the rookie year of Jason Tatum, you know, pushing LeBron in the Cavs to the seventh game, but losing. You know, falling off a little bit Um, all these other years, losing in the bubble, losing to Giannis and them, and now they're back. And this is just a great story for them. This is the most likable Boston Celtic team ever. I don't like the Boston Celtics as a franchise. Matter of fact, I don't know any black people who like the Boston Celtics. Outside that nice little, outside of that little, how many years was uh, that little five year run of the big three was together? Or, or two of the big three before Ray Allen left? There was a lot of black people with Celtics fans, especially specifically black women. I don't know what it was about them, but there was a lot of room for the Celtics. But for the most part, black people outside of Boston don't rock with fucking Boston Celtics. And I don't rock with Boston fans. Period. Like the only thing from Boston sports that I really love was Tom Brady. But, uh like, I really don't even know any black people in fucking Boston outside of, you know, uh Ronnie, uh, Bobby, Ricky, Ralph, and Mike. That's the <laughs> new addition. That's the only motherfuckers I know from Boston. But uh besides that, you know, but this is a very likable Boston Celtics team. It's like if they won a championship, I would not be mad. I like watching Jesse Tatum. I love watching Jalen Brown. It's a very likable team. Al Horford, who, <laughs> Pappy's going to take a lap when he hears this, but. Al Horford, he wins this ring. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And let's be very clear about This is the Basketball Hall of Fame. Al Horford has been a a very good NBA player in his time, has had the most playoff uh, appearances before actually making NBA Finals this year. Uh, He won two back-to-back national championships at Florida with Billy Donovan, with Joe Kim Noah, with Corey Brewer. Where the fuck are Corey Brew and Joe Kim Noah? They not in the league no more. Al Horford is still here, and if he wins this championship, especially all the postseason he's been having, he's probably going to Springfield. And I'm not saying first ballot, might not even second ballot, but he's going to go. And so you can just see, like, this team, how they've come together. And Marcus Smart being the defensive acres of this team. To me, he's Boston's Draymond Green. To get him here, it's just been awesome to see both these teams in their road to get here. And I've been doubting the Celtics this whole row. I have picked against the Celtics in two of the last three series that they have played. The only series I picked them was in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they have shut me the hell up. They've been dominant, and this is a team that even when they lose, we've seen games where they've gotten their ass whooped, but they come back. They have yet to lose back-to-back games in this NBA Finals. Uh, Same thing with the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors not only have not lost back-to-back games in these NBA playoffs, they ain't lost at home. So a lot of things got to give, man. So those are the way, those are the two ways that both these teams got here. Those are the roles for them to arrive here in these NBA finals, man. Now we're going to talk about X factors. Uh, I'm going to name the two X factors here for both teams. The number one X factor for both teams here is the team who wins the turnover battle is going to win this NBA championship. These are two turnover heavy prone, turnover heavy prone teams, especially the Celtics. The Celtics. Have I think like seventy-seven to, like turnovers in this postseason? Like Jason Tatum's got the most. They gotta stop doing that. The Warriors turn the ball over a ton too. So the team that has the least turnovers, I feel, will win this series. Um, that's an X factor there. Another X factor here is Andrew Wiggins to me. If Andrew Wiggins plays like the Andrew Wiggins we've seen all postseason, especially in the Western Conference Finals, this is going to just elevate the Warriors to a different level because defensively he can go out there and make things rough for Jason Tatum. We're not going to shut Jason Tatum down, but you can slow him down, make him make every shot he ha- takes difficult. Like I know Luca averaged what, like 35 in the West College finals, but they was in his face. And this is going to be uh defending by a committee. Of course, I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins is going to do all this shit by himself, but this is going to be something that's going to be by committee. And it's something that will take it to another level because if you can have uh, Andrew Wiggins giving you 18 a game and he's your fourth leading scorer. That's going to come in tremendously for the Golden State Warriors. And for the Celtics, they need Al Horford to continue to be Al Hover And they need Marcus Smart to continue to be the Marcus Smart he is. And also Robert Williams, he has been playing. He's been missing like every other game. He needs to be the Robert Williams that we know him to be because even when he's played, especially in these kinds of finals, he ain't look good. He ain't look good. He's gotten into foul trouble early. He can't get into foul trouble. He needs to be able to stay on the court and look like his old self, and if he does that, that'll help them out. But the number one thing for the Boston Celtics is slowing down Steph Curry. You got to slow this guy down. If you're letting Steph get whatever the fuck he wants, you're in for a long fucking series, man. This is all going to come down to that defensively for them but offensively, this team has gotta score. They've gotta score. All we've been seeing in the media over these last what well, four four days since uh, you know the the east counts finals wrapped up is Boston defense, Boston defense, boston defense. Yes, Boston does have the best defense in the series. One thing I don't think people are talking about enough to me. The Warriors ain't bad on the Warriors are the number two ranked defense in the league. Not only the number two ranked defense in the league, they're getting one of their best defenders back in Gary Payton, the second, coming back today, tonight, which is going to be huge. He played great on Ja Morant in the first uh game and a half before he got hurt that's going to pay off tremendously. Andrew Wiggins has been great defense We already know what Draymond can do. And let's give some love, my man, Steph. Stephen Curry, if you actually watch basketball, he's not a bad defender anymore. I'm not saying he's great. You know, if, if, Jason, if Jason Tatum catches on an island, that's going to be Bucket and probably and one But he's been pretty solid defensively to the point where you got to respect him. This is a team that can defend just as well as Boston. So I'm not understanding why we're always talking about Boston defense. And we're not talking about Golden State's defense. One thing that to me, is why I'm not picking Boston in this series. They the, the offense is nasty. The offense is nasty. Look at the first three in these in these three rounds they've been in. Yeah, they outscored the, the, the uh the Nets, but the Nets run an AAU ass offense. They run an N1 ass offense. Nothing about them. You've never seen Steve Nash with an actual clipboard running sets. They don't run offense. It's very easy to defend them. The Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is he plays like an offensive, like a defensive tackle. You know, plays like a running back. He runs right fucking through you. And even though you know it's coming, you really still can't stop it, but it's not really like actual offense, especially without Chris Middleton out there. And Miami has the worst offense outside of the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs this year. Like, it's just god awful. Like, yeah, like I know Jimmy was dominant in those last two games, but they needed every last one of them fucking points just for it to be fucking competitive and the shit that the that the at that the Celtics pulled in the last round they're not going to get away with those 90 93 points you don't get your ass whooped if you trying to if you putting up that amount of points against the Golden State Warriors for them to even make give themselves a shot to win this they I feel like they got to average about 110 points per game now the Warriors average the most points in the playoffs right now with 114 they got to be in that 110 range and the whole Golden State to like a hundred to one oh seven, which is going to be a, a tough task. The offense has to play. They can Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum have to be consistent. They show up one night and don't show up the other night or show up three quarters and don't show up the fourth quarter. That shit is going to get you killed. They cannot do that. They have to be consistent offensively. They need Jason Tatum to be a superstar. They need Jalen Brown to be a great number two, and they need the others to show up. You need Al Horford to score. You need Marcus Smart to score too. He can't just play defensively. He got to go out there and get you about 10 to 15 points per game. You need others to show up. You need Grant Williams to keep showing up. You need uh, Derek White to keep shooting as hot as they do. It's going to take a full team effort offensively to win this series. So that's my expect. My number one expect of them, score points. And if you look at clutch time, they are so bad at clutch time. They have 14 and 22 in clutch minutes this year. They have been god-awful in these playoffs these years. J- J- Jason Tatum has been god-awful in these playoffs this year. Leads the league in turnovers and clutch minutes. Even look at Game 7. They were so – that shouldn't even have been clutch minutes. They should have ended the game right there up 13 with, like, two minutes left, took their foot off the gas, and they are so lucky that Jimmy Butler missed that shot. They cannot allow that type of stuff against the Golden State Warriors. I feel like they have to play as picture-perfect basketball as they possibly can to win this series. That's why the the X factor to me is the offense. So the X factor to me for the Warriors defensively, if you can make things – continue to make things rough – for the Celtics, you got them right where they're going to, right where you want them, man. So that's what I'm going to go with my X factors for that. Now, time for predictions. Uh, predictions are funny because we're wrong, majority, a good majority of the time. Not me, but a lot of people are wrong, majority of the time. I think I've been shooting a pretty good percentage from the field uh, in this year's playoffs, Um, which you can listen to the ball on Live podcast So go back and watch some of these episodes if you think I'm lying. Go check the tape, check the tape. I've, I've been 75% right in this whole run. I thought about this back and forth. I know a lot of people say this is a pick em series. I don't think it's a pick em series. I think a lot will have to happen for Boston to win. And I think a lot will have to happen for Golden State to lose. I'm picking the Golden State Warriors. not picking the Golden State Warriors in five. Now, I see a world where this could go six. Nine times out of ten is probably going to go six. But... I'm not gonna you know stay with the rest of people who I was i I'm gonna say it five games because I feel like there's stuff that the Warriors can do that they'll be more consistent at than Boston. And I feel like Boston just doesn't have the guns offensively to make this a long, drawn out series. Uh they can hold Golden State down to their usual you know, to their you know, from the usual offensive output. But there's just there's too many offensive droughts that the Celtics like to go on. And we've seen time and time again. And because other offenses couldn't capitalize on it. And the Bucks probably did the best job of capitalizing on it. They just didn't have enough without Chris Middleton to take them over the top. Miami had so many opportunities. I mean, Miami was up two games, to up two games to one in the series. Uh, Miami had a lead in game five. But they just, Miami went on just, you know, even more offensive droughts than the Celtics. That's not going to happen with the Golden State Warriors. It's just not going to happen. And I feel like Steph Curry's ability to get to the bucket, which is the best it's ever been this year, is going to pay mad dividends. I think uh, Jordan Poole is going to get his. I just think there's too many offensive weapons for the Warriors, man. And that's why I feel like, you know, they're going to win. They're going to win this one to five. And I feel like experience is going to play a huge part. Uh, This is a team that has 123 NBA Finals games experiences between everybody on the Celtics. I'm mean, seeing everybody on the Warriors and the Celtics have zero. And I'm not going to say that the light's going to be too bright for the Celtics or anything like that, but... There's, there's still something about actually being there, and this is a very calm, collected Golden State Warrior team. Which, if I were the Celtics, it would frighten the shit out of me. Like, even if you listen to the interviews with Steph and Draymond, especially Clay, they're so thankful and so appreciative of being back here in this moment that I think they're gonna. tell, ta- I don't think they're going to uh, play with this moment. Matter of fact, I think that you know I feel like they took their foot off the gas once Ja got hurt in the second round and allowed that series to be way closer than it need to be. I don't think I think they did a good job of keeping their foot foot on the gas in uh the um the the Maverick series. I really think they did. But I think the composure was 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 good. And I think it's gonna be the same thing here. I think Clay Clay says something on the jump that really like stood out to me. He said, Yeah, like you know, we're more appreciative about this. We we know what to expect more. And they remember, he said we remember 2016 and 2019. We just don't want to get here. You know, he said we even know we've won three championships. He said that 2016 and 2019 still stay on the hit. And the last time they were in the finals, they did lose. So this is a team I just feel like they're so mentally strong. Uh they've been here before. They've been in every situation you can imagine, and not just the playoffs, but in the NBA finals. Uh this is a team that's been down in the NBA finals before. This is a team that's been uh, you know, up with a big lead and blew it. And so I don't think there's going to be any situation that's going to frighten the Warriors or that they haven't been in, you know, and this is, a, you know, and same thing with Boston, you know, and Boston has been very resilient this year. Like I said, they haven't lost back-to-back games all year. And even if they, even if they come out tonight and get their ass whooped, I think they'll be ready for game two. This is a team that they, they, they bounce back very well, but I just think it's just too much for them to overcome. And they have to play just out of their minds, I believe, to win this series. So I'm going to say Golden State Warriors in five and Stephen Curry will be my finals MVP. I think Steph is gonna have an incredible series. I understand Marcus Smart plays great defense against him. Uh Steph Curry has shot 29%. Uh, with Marcus Smart being his prime defender, but I don't really pay too much into those stats because it was regular it's regular season. Regular season don't mean shit when you get to the playoffs. Like nothing at all. There's nothing you can take from the regular season in the playoffs. You know, how many times did the Chicago Bulls kick the Heatles ass? In the regular season, but when the playoffs came, nothing, none of that shit matters, and even you, you really can't even look from these this year's matchups. In the first matchup that the Celtics won, I mean, the Warriors won. They had no Steph Curry. I mean, they had no. Uh, they had no Clay Thompson. Draymond didn't play. They won the game. In the second game, the Celtics lost. I mean, the Celtics won in Golden State. Steph got injured in the first in the first quarter. Uh, and Draymond uh didn't play. So it's like. You really can't you really can't even take nothing from them. This is the first time we're getting both these teams at full strength. I think it's gonna be an exciting finals. I don't think there might be a blowout or two, but for the most part, I think that we're gonna have some very competitive games. It's gonna go down to the wire. And I just think the Warriors just have a little bit more, man. So I got Golden State Warriors in five. Uh, we're going to wrap this episode up a little shorter than usual because it's not too, too much up but just really just the NBA finals. My Goofy mug of the Week. I got to give this Goofy mug of the Week to two guys with two players who I'm big fans of. They're my top five favorite players right now. And that's Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. It's back and forth about KD's time of the war. This just got to stop, especially while we talk about this shit in the finals. And, you know, Draymond said that Steph Curry got double teamed seven times more than uh Kevin Durant. When he was on Colin Coward's podcast, and the Kevin Kevin Durant tweeted that from my point of view, that's not true. Um, and you know, it got to a whole little back and forth on there. And there's a couple of things that that bother me it's like, just leave it alone, man. Like, y'all obviously are, are friends, y'all obviously are cool. There's no point in talking about some shit that happened three years ago, three, four years ago. Like, Katie's been gone for three years, and I just think Katie's at peace with his decision. You know, I, I really feel like fans and media. I think Kevin Durant cares about this shit more than he does. I think Kevin Durant just legitimately enjoys Twitter like a lot of people. And I don't think that Kevin Durant is, you know, quote unquote unhappy, as people try to paint him out to be. And it's just nonsense. Like, why are we talking about this in the finals? The, 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 the storyline should be the Golden State Warriors trying to get ring number four. And or can the Boston Celtics pull the upset? Those to me should be the storylines. Why are we talking about Kevin Durant tweeting, tweeting and you know, did he make the right decision about leaving? Uh, you know, saying things why are we talking about the Lakers in the finals. I'm tired, I'm tired of hearing about the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm talking about both of them teams, man. So Draymond Draymond instigated a little bit, and you know, I understand what he's doing, but just stop it. It's pointless at this time. You know, you you guys are cool. You sit in this one side of the room, you sit on the other in the squash and shit, man. All this type of shit is corny. Let's just Talk about basketball, man. So, but that's all I've got for y'all today. A short episode. Y'all can join me later tonight, though. I will be doing the Ball do NBA Finals post game uh, live show. We'll be doing that for all the games in the NBA Finals. Me, the homie Dante. Uh, you can you can uh, watch that on the Barber's Chair YouTube. Uh, follow BarberShare Network at BarberShareNet on Twitter. We will be having the link on both my individual page and the BarberShare Network page. You can check that out. Get media reaction from me, Dante. The homie Illy will be joining us too to get his takes off and a lot of coverage for y'all with these NBA Finals. Man, should be fun. Y'all know where to follow me on Twitter at BarberShare Scott. Y'all know where to follow this glorious media company that this show is on. That is HMB Media at HMB Media TV on Twitter and at HB Media on instagram and you can subscribe to our patreon patreon.com backslash barbershare network five dollars summer sessions package ten dollar uh barbershare all access package um we got new episodes cinema with the guys up uh, me and my brother flows we recap everything that went down in star wars celebration weekend last week review uh multiverse of madness She-Hulk and Thor trailers, talk about a whole bunch of other shit on there. There will be no summer sessions this week because of the NBA Finals. We'll be back next week because there's no game on Thursday next week. So check that out, man. And uh, we'll holler at y'all, man. Enjoy the NBA Finals, man. She'll be a good one. I remember the year was 2009. City of Chicago was on fire. Derek Rose won rookie the year that year, and the Bulls were back home with their season on the line against the defending champion Boston Celtics. And I remember being so excited because I was going to be in attendance. Now, I remember those times I couldn't even afford to go to Chicago Bulls playoff games. But I went to the game. Game was crazy. Bulls won a triple overtime. D. Rose had over 30. Paul Pierce got dunked on by Joe Kim Noah. Kirk Heinrich even got into a fight. Now, I remember as I was exiting the United Center, I was, I was just so pumped up. I was so sweating so much that I felt like I was in the hooping. And then as I was walking out with all the thousands of fans, everybody chanting, Let's go Bulls! Let's go Bulls! I remember knocking into something. And as I looked on the floor, I saw Jesse Jackson. Yes, that Jesse Jackson. As I looked at him, stepped over him like Allen Iverson, The security looked at me like I did it on purpose. And at the time, I just really didn't think much about it. But the more I think about it, Jesse, if you're listening that one's for MLK Triple, double hat trick, I know the code too. Uh, ice